want you to go to three places with me today. Go with me first off to Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter. Deuteronomy 6. Thank you, Father, for your grace and goodness, Lord. Guide us by your spirit. We're going to start out in Deuteronomy 9. We're going to end up somewhere along the way in Ephesians 1. But the bulk of what I want to share with you this morning is in Deuteronomy 6. I want you to understand as we come together what we, what Andrea's invoking, what we've been praying, what we're desiring today is for the atmosphere of heaven to infiltrate this house by infiltrating your house. See, because there's more done in the glorious presence of God in a moment than it takes a lifetime. What happens is callings begin to emerge, dreams begin to arise, healings begin to take place. I've got some ringing, guys. If you can't get rid of that, I'll go to the other mic. But as we, as we enter into the glory of God, which I believe is absolutely necessary for the last day, I believe it is what God expects from his church because I believe the demon-possessed will run out of the presence of the Lord. I believe that, that, that Satan's kingdom has been cast down. I believe that God wants to do something in your life and in your family beyond your imagination, beyond your ability, beyond the power of your might coming only from the strength of God. Let's switch, guys. So with that said, we are looking here. As the Lord spoke to me a few weeks back, he said there are uninhabited inheritance. There are inheritance that have been given to you and I, but instead of walking in that inheritance, we, we have forsaken that because we have been deceived by the enemy. And God wants to bring us into that place of inheritance to live above what we are able, to walk on the, the unseen, to step out of the boat of convenience and religion and walk upon the water with our eyes fixed upon him. Did you turn my microphone off? With that said, Father, we're going to need some more help in this house today. Deuteronomy 9 and 1, I want you to look at this. Hear, O Israel, hear, O Israel, you... Listen, you, who's you? You are to cross over the Jordan today. In other words, come out of the wilderness into the place of promise and go in to dispossess nations that are what? Greater and mightier than yourself, cities great and fortified up to heaven. Interesting enough, as I look at the word dispossess, in other words, in order for us to go in to possess those place of promises, uh, there's some inhabitants in our land. And those inhabitants are trying to prevent you from walking in the, in the place that God has called you to walk. Last week we talked about fear as we tackled fear. How many persons today are losing out on treasure because of fear how many people today are losing out upon the call of God and your talents your talent is imprisoned by fear how many today that the the not just the 
treasure and the talent, how much time do we sacrifice at the altar of fear? How many hours do we spend worrying instead of worshiping? Agonizing over whether or not uh, that bill's going to get paid or, or that relationship's going to work out. How often do we spend time at the altar of fear forfeiting that unrenewable resource called time? Worry, church, is a colossal waste of time. Worry is the worship anthem of hell. I don't want to waste any more time in worry. Amen? I want to spend my time in worship and magnifying the Lord. But interesting, that word dispossess is a Hebrew word that can also be used for possess. It's kind of like this one thing Paul says, I'm going to forget those things that are behind and reach for those things that are ahead. I'm letting go of this to grab hold of that. This one, he calls it one thing, but it's a, it's a combination of things. Well, dispossess and possess are the same word in the Hebrew. And it literally means this, to seize and to drive out. So you seize the land of the inheritance, but you also drive out the inhabitants. It means to dispossess at the same time that you take possession. In other words, you run them out of your yard, out of your house, and then you occupy the house because it's your house given to you by God. It means to inherit, but you not only inherit, you also are disheriting the inhabitant. So when you walk in, when you come in, you're saying, peace, you're out. Or, or, or let me say that in this way, <laughs> peace, you're not out. Fear you're out, peace you're in. We'll get it right. It means to occupy, but it also means to ruin. So I'm going to occupy. The word occupy in the New Testament where Jesus said occupy till they come, it means to carry on business. Let me tell you, carrying on the business is not just, not just sitting on a pew. It's not just occupying space. It is carrying on the kingdom business. It's carrying on the Father's business. When we inherit, we also impoverish the enemy. Better than what it sounded, isn't it? When I step into inheritance, what am I doing? I am ruining the enemy, but I'm also impoverishing him. I'm possessing what God wants me to possess. Now, as we look here, we also see it means to, to dispossess and, and, and we possess. It means to be an heir, to cast out, consume, destroy, disinherit, dispossess, drive out, expel without fail. So I don't see anywhere in that 
passage of scripture as we look when the Lord says I want you to go in I want you to disinherit the enemy because I want you to inherit and I believe the enemy has occupied too much of your joy too much of your peace too much of your acceptance too much of the fulfilling of God's plan in your heart and in your life and I believe it's time that we as the body of Christ draw a line in the sand step over and say no more I'm walking where God wants me to walk I'm gonna do what God tells me to do I'm gonna be who God tells me to be now first enemy we looked at last week was the Hittite terror extreme fear this week I want to talk about the enemy the, the parasite the parasite sounds a whole lot like parasite 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 people it means an unwalled city an unwalled city what spiritual significance does that have for you and I well we got to look at the reason for the walls the walls were built around a city in order to bring safety and security safety and security and if there's no safety and security it's because there's no wall so as we look at that I want you to I want you to see this there are three basic needs our, our resident counselor and those counselors in the room you can verify this or disqualify just don't do it in public okay there are three basic needs of every individual that is love acceptance and security love acceptance and security you've got to have all three in order to live a, a healthy life in healthy relationships you need love acceptance and security now let me say to you there's somebody in this room and you're looking for love acceptance and security in your natural relationships before your spiritual relationships and what you're doing is you're positioning someone in your life to be God instead of God in order for you and I to have the love acceptance and security it must come from the Lord first and flow through that relationship that God has given us his his love will cause me to love others better the Bible tells us if we love father mother sister brother we'll include wife and husband in that because that's what the Lord is saying if we love them more then we're not worthy of God I went to the Lord and I said Lord this is baffling to me it's confusing I don't understand what you're asking me he said I don't want you to love your wife and your children your grandbabies less I want you to love me more and you will love them better let me say that again you are not to love your spouse and your children, your family any less. You're just to call to love God more. And if I see a need in the church today, it is to love the Lord. Because if we love him, his commandments are not grievous to us anymore. We are glad to obey. As my wife tells me, trust and obey, there is no other way. She said to me one day, do you love me? I said, baby, you know I love you. She said, keep my commands. 
theology is a little wonky there, isn't it? But it works. It works. Now, but see, as the old country and western song says, looking for love in all the wrong places. Y'all knew that. You could quote that. Don't tell me you can't memorize scripture. Looking for love in all the wrong places. See, we look for, we should have healthy, natural relationships. But see, those are not substitute for our intimate relationship with God. And there's a world outside that has, they, they have the image of God, but they don't have the likeness of God. And the enemy would love nothing more for you to spend the rest of your life looking for things you'll never find in this world. You'll never find the love. You'll never find the acceptance. How is it whenever we try to do something contrary to the word of God, we, we, we fight tooth and toenail every bit. We'll set stakes in the ground. We'll crawl up on that hill, and we will stand there, and we will fight against the world. You must accept me. No. What the word of the Lord tells us is he is not going to reconcile to us. We reconcile to him. And there's a lot of rebellion against the very image that God has called you to bear. He has a life beyond your imagination. He has, a, he has plans and purposes for you beyond your comprehension, but you're not going to find it in the scene. You're going to find it in the unseen. And when the unseen takes possession of this scene, then all of a sudden you're going to begin to see. Oh, Holy Spirit, we need revelation today. But see, that love and that acceptance and that security, what happens is we look for that outside of God, then we are living in this state of a rejection. And I say to you today, let's look here before we get to our text. We, this is just intro stuff, okay? I want you to look at your text, at Ephesians 1. I want you to see something here. Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 6. Blessed, are you there with me? Ephesians 1, 3 through 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose, no, notice this, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now let's stop right there because there's been some religious, I, I don't know how to say it other than just call it what it is, religious junk that so, says only a select few are going to make it in. Before those few were ever born into the world, uh, they were already pre-selected to make it in and everybody else would just go to blazes. That's, that's not true. What that is saying is there is before the world ever began, there was a plan. And that plan was uh, is that we would be brought into fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit because Jesus Christ would become man. He would walk uh, the face of the earth uh, as a human, and he would die a human, he would raise a human, and he would be seated at the right hand of the Father eternally as human. 
so that he could bring the humans into that relationship with him. Come on now. And this plan was in place before the foundation was ever even put in place. That's what that scripture means. It's not that individuals are predestined. Oh, God knows who and who won't. But I promise you, it was laid out for everyone who would hear and receive the message that God's desire is that we be in him in love, blameless, holy before him because he made the provision. Where did all this sin come from? It came from you. God gave a choice in the garden, the tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Tree of life for eternity, but tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Man chose the wrong tree. But God said, I won't leave them that way because I've already got the plan before the foundation. And though my will wasn't done in that, my will will be done in the end. And I will come and I will redeem them and bring them back to myself. And then I will give them an inheritance in every spiritual blessing. They will be blessed because my son, Jesus Christ, will become human. And now I can bless all of humanity because of him. His plan was good because he is perfect. <laughs> Having predestined, notice that in verse 5, us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in Dahavin, the beloved. I want you to, I want you to get this. We cannot find acceptance, true acceptance, outside of Jesus Christ. It's not possible. We can have a friend group. We can have a people that agree with us. But you're not going to find that deep-seated security and love and acceptance until you enter into the relationship with Christ Jesus. Until you accept his sacrifice as being enough for your sin so that he can bring you into that acceptance. And once you accept him, you've accepted acceptance. I don't have to walk in rejection anymore. I'm no longer an unwalled city. I am walking with the protection of the Lord all around me. And every time that I don't feel that protection, all I need to do is go. I don't need the key. I don't even have to knock. I just open the door and step into Christ Jesus because he left the door open for me. There is an inheritance, church, that God wants you and I, Holy Spirit, please help me this day. Lord, you've got to go beyond the words. You've got to penetrate the heart. Lord, they're not going to see it unless you show it to them. Lord, they're not going to understand it unless you reveal it to them. Lord, I'm asking today that you will supernaturally begin to open hearts, let scales fall from eyes, and let them see the remainder of this message. In Jesus' name, I want you to look here in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 6. Now, the Lord always gives us, he gives us a porch. I love pictures, don't you? Pictures are worth a thousand words. I love how the Lord paints pictures. And he, 
he so desires to communicate that over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. If you don't believe me, get into the book and you'll discover that it's over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. God wants to communicate his goodness to us. Well, I don't have time for the word. I've got to see what CNN's got to say. I need to see what, oh, we don't, we don't listen to CNN, C-SPAN. No, not C-SPAN. Fox. Them foxy devils. They'll teach, still teach you a thousand times. You just, just as an exercise, not even, don't even do it. I count it. They'll teach you ten ways to die in ten seconds. It won't take them that long. They're good at it. They're good at what they do. I'm not telling you to be uninformed, but let me tell you, be more informed about what God has in store instead of what the world has in store. Just, I just, I don't want to waste any more time with wasteful time. I, I, I don't want to be, I, I want to be wise as a serpent, but harm, harmless as a dove. I want to be wise in the things of God, even if I'm ignorant in the things of the world. I'm not telling you to forsake education. Go after your education. It's not an excuse. What I'm saying is we've got to become wise in the things of God and walk into the inheritance that he has given us so that we can understand how to move with the Spirit of God so that the glory may be released in our life so that that person that is bound may be set free so that that person that, that is living in a state of fear may find peace in their heart. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going. Get to the text. Look here in Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy 6. Now, the portrait the Lord is painting for you and I is this. He's bringing us out of the wilderness, stepping into the place of promise, but he instructs us before we get there, just like the Lord is instructing crossroads before we get there. We're, all, we're there. We're just stepping through. The river is parting, and we're walking over. Now, Deuteronomy 6 tells us this. Then it shall be... When the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you great, notice this, and fine cities, which you did not build, houses full of all good things, which you did not fill, and hewn cisterns, which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees, which you did not plant, you shall eat and are full. Then beware, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So there's shelters that I didn't build. There's a house that's filled that I didn't fill. There are wells that I will drink from that I didn't dig. And there's a vineyard that I will feast from and groves that I didn't plant. What is that called? It's called inheritance. It's called the grace of God. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. The Lord is showing you and I in Deuteronomy 6 is that that is what we have in Christ Jesus. See, we're spending a lot of times building shelters in the natural, trying to find love, acceptance, and security that we just can't seem to find. And so what do we do? We build bigger. 
better, grander. We do everything we can. We try to we try to offset our insecurity and the lack of acceptance by building bigger, bigger strongholds around us so that we can feel safe. But now we're living in a world where there's disease that is rampant throughout the world and there's no place that seems safe enough. We run and we run and we run. There's only one safe place that we can find, one area of security, and that is the love and acceptance of the Lord because his name is a strong tower and there the righteous will run into it. See, I didn't build the name. The name was not only given to Jesus Christ, but the name, the authority of the name was purchased by his blood. See, there's a, there's a security you can have in God that you've been looking for in the natural. And the Lord said, I, I, I'm bleeding you to a place. It's your inheritance, church. It's yours to have, yours to hold, yours to occupy, yours to live in, yours to command by, yours to, to move forward in. And that is the name of the Lord. It's a city and a shelter you did not build. I heard one, that's good, and a few people are chewing on it right now because you're stuck and like, okay, what's those? what do those houses look like? What do those cities look like? Did it have running water? I wonder if I could get the new Maytag inside that one. I wonder if I could just get the, you know, there's a trim that I want. There's a certain style that I'm looking for. I want to make sure that that house is, you know, it's got all of that Carrera marble. And it's got all of the trim work that I'm looking for. Folks, scratch all of that. You're in the midst of a storm. You're not looking for the decor, the, the decor of the house. You're just looking for a safe place to land. Let me tell you, don't just land there, live there. His name is Jesus. Run into the house of God. You got this treasure in earthen vessels. Let me tell you, this vessel is not protecting the treasure. The treasure is protecting this vessel. When you find yourself unwalled, unaccepted, rejected, you're living in a place of insecurity. You're living in a place where you don't feel loved. Let me tell you, there is a place you can find in Jesus. There is yet now, therefore, no condemnation in him. Just run into him. There's a willingness on the side of the Father. There's a beckoning to the church in these last days. We have been so clouded and shrouded by religious performance because insecurity will always lead me to an earning structure. I can go before God today because I read four out of the seven days this week. I have prayed some total. Can't read my own writing. Oh, that's two and a half hours, yes. This week, I wanted to swear, but I didn't. I wanted to look, but I didn't. Well, maybe I looked that one time. But I repented, so that scratches that out. Okay, the Lord was mad at me on Tuesday, but he got over it by Wednesday. Let's see what else I've done. Lord, I worship you, almighty God. That sounds 
rather ridiculous, but how many of us have lived there? See, at least you forget who's guarding you. You didn't build this stronghold. He did. You, you didn't make the, the, the path back to the unseen where you could never make on your own. He did. Now you're going to live in houses that are, I love this, houses full of all good things which you did not feel. There are houses that are filled that you didn't feel. Second Chronicles 5 and 1. Solomon, who represents Jesus, the Son of God, is, has built the house for the Lord. Just like Jesus 2,000 years ago built a house for the Father. So all the work that Solomon had done for the house of the Lord was finished. And Solomon brought in the things which his father, David, had dedicated, the silver and the gold and all the furnishing, and he put it in the treasury of the house of God. Know ye not that your body is the house of God. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So what the Lord is showing us yet again in imagery is that the Solomon, who represents the son, he builds a house for the father. And in the dedicated things that his father provided, he brought those into the house. Now, we... He speaks in language we understand, uh, silver and gold. So we think about the fact that, okay, let's go get silver and gold. It's a language we understand. But that's not exactly what the Lord is talking about. Because Peter there, when he walks by, by the gate beautiful, and there's a man who is sick and a man who is lame, and he says, I want you to give me some of that silver and gold. He said, oh, no, 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 no. Silver and gold, I have I none. But let me tell you, I got some treasure up in here. I got some treasure that... I didn't put in here, but it was put inside of me. I've got some things deep down inside. I've got some love. I've got some acceptance. I've got some security. And I, because I'm not an unwalled city, I'm protected by the righteous right standing before God because he built this house. He filled this house. And so let me just give you what I got. It's not mine. I didn't, I didn't obtain it. I didn't work for it. The Spirit reveals to me what's freely given to me. And I hear what the Lord Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. And so I just want to give you a little bit of what I got. It is a faith in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. I just want to give you the son. So here, get up and walk. I think there's some inheritance we're not living in. I think there's some uninhabited inheritance because we keep sacrificing to the altar of self-hatred and rejection. Because we're unwilling to believe. Scratch that. This dry erase board is being erased. We need the revelation of the Spirit. We just need to ask, Holy Spirit, reveal to me acceptance. Acceptance. I'm accepted in 
Jesus. I have an identity that I don't achieve. I just got to receive. I'm an heir and joint heir with Jesus. What does that mean? I'm filthy rich. Some of you know what that means. I don't really know what that means, but I think it's like money going this way. Make it rain. Raining up in here. Well, I've seen that old pickup you drive, and the, the paint's faded on it, and it rattles a little bit. And Andrew said, you know, you might need to think about a truck because this one's a little rattly. And I said, it gets me from the church to home and home to the church. It's good. It's paid for. The door handle's gone, but you can grab the handle and jerk it, and it'll close. Watch your elbow, though, because that, that armrest there, it'll jab a hole in you like you never believe if you don't watch it because it's broken. It's sprung up like that. So I, I, don't, I don't drive the fancy vehicle, but let me tell you, I'm a rich person because I know, I know that I know that I know in whom I have believed, and I know that my God lives. And he's filled me. Just like Andrew was saying, I'm just trying to find that door to that treasure trove. There is a, there's a treasure just beyond the scene. And if I could reach behind that veil, I could pull that veil back and say, oh, there it is. You got time for two more? I'm going to hold you, and if you leave, we're going to laugh at you. No, I'm just kidding. And it says cisterns. But that's not what the Lord promised us. He promised us wells. Wells of living water flowing from our heart. I did not dig those wells. And that well has no end. It is an endless resource. His name is Holy Spirit. And he said, he'll flow out of our hearts. I say to you, Ezekiel's river, it began at Calvary. And it's not stopped flowing since. And Ezekiel's river that's flowing from Calvary, it's getting more intense and more intense. The deeper, the further we go, the deeper it gets. And I promise you that the Holy Spirit is going to move in the body of believers and the worshipers that understand they don't worship in the natural. They worship in the supernatural because a supernatural one lives on the inside of them. And we didn't dig this well. It's not our denomination. It's not our righteousness. It's not our goodness that causes the flow of the Holy Spirit. It's our love that we have for the Lord and the love that he has for us and the fact that he lives on the inside of us that the flow of the Spirit may flow through us to someone else and in that atmosphere, in that healing, things begin to happen. People begin to change. Glory begins to feel. Hearts begin to mend. Relationships begin to work themselves out. The sinner steps into a place of relationship with God. The person living in that lifestyle that is contrary to the word of God all of a sudden realizes my father has more for me than this I'm coming out of that place the last thing I almost promise I was close to a promise but I, I don't want to box myself in there's vineyards and groves 
that I didn't plant. There's a vine that was planted before time began. And that vine is still here today. And we've been grafted into that vine. And if that vine abides in us and we abide in the vine, I don't have to go to the spiritual Walmart down the fruit aisle. I don't have to pack my pockets with bananas. That's a sore subject in my house. <laughs> Y'all got time for this? When we were kids, a banana was a delicacy. I, I love bananas. But every time my kids got up to go to school and they were hungry and we didn't have time, I'd just say, grab a banana. We always had bananas. My goal was to have Pop-Tarts and bananas and the, and, the, and the peanut butter and jelly swirl in my house all the time. I don't have Pop-Tarts and I don't have the peanut butter and jelly swirl, but, but I've got bananas. There's bananas in my house right now. So every time we leave the house, I'd say, well, just grab a banana. I only found out years later my kids hate bananas. And they hate bananas because I, they always felt like I was forcing bananas on them. I'm just trying to bless them. Isn't that crazy? If I mention banana, right now my son's going, oh, I don't want a banana. I want to just talk about bananas. I don't want to eat a banana. I want a Pop-Tart. We never have Pop-Tarts. Where was I? On the fruit aisle. It won't. Thank you. Whew. I thought, how in the world am I going to get from where I was at to through bananas? Let me run out and grab some fruit. Look how spiritual I am. With all the fruit I have. I've been to the spiritual Walmart. See how good I am? I was so nice to you. Can't you see the joy on my face? Church is a better way to live. There's a natural way by just dividing in the vine, and the vine abides in you, and you don't have to worry about taking that person's head off because God's Spirit will begin to move in you, and He will do the correcting. You will walk where He walks. You will feast on what He feasts on. You will feel what He feels. Nobody knows. He wants to share life with you. least you forget you think that you provide the fruit least you forget you think that you provide the anointing least you forget you think that the treasure came from you least you forget that the shelter comes from you God's just asking for you to love him by choosing him. The Lord is just asking you to enter into that relationship of surrender because he has surrendered to you. I did not understand why Christians were Christians. 
I thought they were just doing it because all I could see is what I was not capable of doing. Until someone's prayer was answered and the convicting power of the Holy Spirit came upon me. And I realized in that moment that I had to let go of my old life in order to live in the new life of Christ. So I came to a point of surrender, and when I surrendered to God, God came inside of me, and all of a sudden, religion tried to take over until I discovered the power to do what I needed to do did not originate from the outside, but it originated from the inside to where I do what I do because I love him. I keep her commandments because I love her. Can I get a witness? That honeydew list gets done because I love her. Yeah, somebody got it. <laughs> Worship team, come help me this morning before the spirit of laughter takes over this place. I'm, I'm going to ask simply this. If you're searching for what you cannot find, love, acceptance, and security, If you're searching for those fulfilling areas of your life, I want to introduce you to him. His name is Jesus. You are accepted in him. You're not an unwalled city anymore. You have the hedge of protection around you in the right standing with God called righteousness because you understand your source. It's him. It's him. We can refuse today and keep going after love in all the wrong places. Keep walking and sacrificing at that altar of rejection. They don't like me. I don't fit in. This is not my place. On and on and on. I'll be protected. I know a young man, a pastor. This young man, he looked like a guy who was chiseled out of a rock. He worked out hours and hours and hours a day. There's nothing wrong with working out. You can tell. Don't get sucked into Randall's joke. He'll come up and say, have you been working out? And I'll say, no. He said, yeah, I can see that. Go ahead and keep playing. <laughs> Wasn't that important? Love you, brother. This young man, this young man, some of you are saying, quit, quit playing and he'll stop. No, no, no. This young man would work out endlessly, endlessly, every day, religiously, became his God. Because he was so horrifically abused at home by his stepfather and his two brothers. 
and would beat him up almost on a daily basis. And he decided, I'm going to become strong enough that that won't happen to me again. The problem was, is inside he was self-destructing. He couldn't find any joy, any peace. He ended up going on a path, just destroying his life. He was able to enter into a spirit-filled, Bible-based program where he was able to find healing and deliverance from that. See, you can work out all of your life and you become strong in yourself, but let me tell you, your strength is found in your weakness. Say, Lord, when I'm weak in myself, that's when I'm the strongest in you. It's counterintuitive. But it's in your faith in what he has done, not what you will do. There is a city, a shelter that is safe in the love of God. Stand, if you will. If any aspect of this message spoke to you and you can't find what you're looking for outside, I want to introduce you to Christ today. If you're not a child of God, you can become one today because there's no greater purpose and no greater desire of heaven than today. I didn't ask you where you were. I'm not telling you you got to clean yourself up. God will take care of the cleaning. But if you're here today and you've, you've heard the Holy Spirit and he's saying to you, this is your moment, this is your time, I want you to step out. I'm going to I'm gonna make a change in your heart. Come on, come on right now. These altars are open. Come on right now. These altars are open. The Lord is making the appeal. He's saying to you, you can't find it out there but you're going to find it in me come on come on you can come and stand you can come and kneel it doesn't make any difference come on there's more there's some in the balcony there's some on the floor there's some in the back some in the front come on you're saying I, today's my day today's my day i'm tired of running I, I can't find what i'm looking for i'm sick of this life that i'm living i'm sick of the self-destructive behavior i am sick of this longing and waiting and yearning in my heart for something i can't find this one hurts me and that one rejects me and i I leave over here and I leave over there. I just can't find what I'm looking for. It's because you have to look to Jesus Christ. Because all of your inheritance and acceptance is in Him. Now, there are those that are in this house today. And you have lived your life in lies. What the devil told you you should be was circumstance tried to declare over you. And you're saying, I'm not living outside the acceptance of one more day I am going to step into God and I'm going to believe that he has received me and I'm going to reject rejection and I'm going to accept acceptance I'm going to drive out rejection by dispossessing rejection and I'm going to step in at the same time I'm moving acceptance into my house if you're here today and this message has been for you come on, come on Come on, there's freedom right here. There's freedom. There's freedom. You don't have to earn anymore. It's free. It's free. It's already paid for. Come on. Come on. Some of you ladies come and fall in behind them right now. Come in. Begin to pray. Come on. Begin to lift. Come on. Lift them up to the Lord. If you need to be in this altar, step out right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Worship team, lead us right now.